Um, I was introduced to something yesterday that I have never been introduced to in my life. And it was a blast. Some of you guys have experienced this before in your lives. Um, and it's fourth, four-year-old t-ball. Um, I don't know if you've ever experienced four-year-old t-ball, but it is a work of art. It is chaos. So there's people, little kids, four years old, Sam's age, and they're hitting the ball, and they're chasing their own hit to catch their own ball. Or they're hitting the ball, and they're going to third base instead of first base. You know, Sam yesterday, the ball was hit to him, and he kind of stood there, and the ball went right by him, and he kind of looked up, stood there, and just smiled. You know, like, you know, we think about a lot of things in our lives that are, you know, somewhat chaotic, that don't have a lot of harmony, that don't have a lot of unity. T-ball is one of those things. But what comes to your mind when you think of things that do have harmony, that do have unity, that do show things that work together as a unit. You think about maybe nature. Maybe you're sitting in Estes Park overlooking a mountain and you see an incredible lake there and you see the trees all around it. It works together, does it not? If the trees were missing, if the lake was missing, it wouldn't be as beautiful, as picturesque. There's harmony there. If you think about musicians, there's a show Sarah and I have been watching, but there's three men who are tenors. And when they sing, it is remarkable. The sound, the harmony, the unity that they sing together as three, it's beautiful. You think about athletics a lot of times, about teams that are working together. And when they work together as a final machine, it's pretty fun to watch. Because they have success as a team. They're working together. There's unity. There's harmony there. It's pretty remarkable. Do we think about CBC? When we think about harmony, unity, working together as a body. What I want to talk about this morning is, and I've kind of titled my message, A Changed Life, A Special Gift, A New Family. This morning, I want us to, to take a deep look at our own lives. I want us to look and ask ourselves the question, where am I in my life? Do I know what my gift is that God has given to me specifically? Am I using that gift? And am I realizing that I am vital to this church as a part of this church? Let's start off with a word of prayer. Lord, we need your help. We need you to go before us this morning in your word. Lord, I know for me, as I've prepared and studied, this has been very convicting, very challenging, because I know I'm not where I need to be, and I'm not utilizing my gift the way I ought to be. I just pray, Lord, that you would encourage us as a body, that you would help us to find success, because we are working for your glory together as one, that we are building one another up, as the body of Christ. We thank you for the changed life that you've given us. We thank you for the special gift that you've given us. And we especially thank you for the new family that you've given us. Just pray that you go before us now in your name. Amen. So what's your story? When I think about a changed life, I think about a story. I want you to think back on your story and how you became 
a believer in Jesus Christ. Think back on the journey that you have taken since that day. Some journeys at this point are shorter than others, right? Some of us have been saved longer than others. Some journeys have had huge mountains to climb and really low valleys to go through. Some journeys have had very heavy baggage to burden and to carry, whereas others, others' journeys have been more about coming alongside someone and helping to bear and carry those burdens. Each of us has a story, and it's an incredible story. And the cool thing is, is it's not done yet. Have you ever sat down with those around you and heard their story? I'm sure Jonathan Phelps would love to tell you his story. And I'm sure probably 90% of you have heard Jonathan's story. Do you know Don Grimm's story? Do you know Virginia Lockie's story? Do you know the people around you, sitting by you, their story? It's pretty remarkable. Someone along the way has shared the love of Jesus with you. It may have been your parents. It may have been a camp counselor. It may have been someone out of the blue that you don't know that came along and shared the love of Jesus with you. Do you remember that day? Do you? I can still remember the day that I came to know the Lord. And it was at camp. And it was by a counselor. And the amazing thing is, is that day, my life was never the same. My life was changed. Your life has been changed. You are no longer the old person. You are new. You are born again. At that point in your life, your life was transferred from the kingdom of death to the kingdom of life. You were given life, and you were given life abundantly. Do you remember that day? Jesus saved you. You became a child of God. It's pretty remarkable. You are all sitting here today because you know Jesus Christ as your Savior. At least, I assume that you guys know Jesus Christ as your Savior. Think about it. And I think John Marr hit on this this morning. You were chosen. Ephesians 1.4 says, For He chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world, that we may behold and behold and unblemished in His sight, in His love. You were bought with a price. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20 says, Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? For you were bought at a price. Therefore, glorify God with your body. You have been crucified with Christ. Galatians 2, 20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, But Christ lives in me, so the life I now live in the body, I live because of the faithfulness of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. You now possess eternal life. The one who has the Son has this eternal life. The one who does not have the Son does not have this eternal life. John 10.10 says, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I come so that they may have life and may have it abundantly. You were called 
the children of God now. Romans 8, 6, 16 and 17 says, The Spirit Himself bears witness to our spirit that we are God's children. And if children, then heirs, namely heirs of God and also fellow heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with Him, so we may also be glorified with Him. So why do I start my message here? Because I want you to remember that your life has been changed by the power of the gospel. It has been changed because you have believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. It has been changed because of what Christ has done, period. Our lives are no longer about us, are they? They are about Christ and they are about His glory. I know in my life there are ups and downs. Right? There's good days, there's bad days, some things, some days where, you know, things look golden, other days where things look pretty bleak. There are many days where I'm in, in a woe is me stage. But we need to remember the one constant is Christ. And then if we know Him, my life has been changed. And we need to remember that. I am not my own. I have been bought with a price. Where are you right now in your life? Wherever you are, remind yourself that you are Christ's son and you are Christ's daughter. Your life has been changed. There's peace and there's joy in knowing that. At the foundation of it all is the gospel. Christ died, he was buried, and he rose again on the third day according to the scriptures. Do you believe this? We do. That's at the foundation. Our lives have been changed. Turn your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And I want to start in verse 4, and I want to read through verse 11. First Corinthians chapter four, or chapter twelve, verses four through eleven. Now there are different gifts, but the same Spirit, and there are different ministries, but the same Lord, and there are different results, but the same God who produces all of them in everyone. To each person, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the benefit of all. For one person is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom, and another the message of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, and to another gifts of healing by one Spirit, to another performance of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discernment of spirits, and to another different gifts of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. It is one and the same Spirit distributing as He decides to each person who produces all things." Not only has our life been changed, but we've been given a special gift. And that's pretty remarkable. Now, my goal this morning is not to get into each spiritual gift. My goal is not to examine those. My goal is to encourage you to think about what your spiritual gift is. My goal is for you to think about, am I using the spiritual gift that God has given me? We can look around the room and we can see certain people that have certain gifts. It's pretty obvious. 
when I look around, I think of, you know, obviously Bob has the gift of teaching. I look at Steve, has the gift of wisdom. You think about maybe um, Katie Bob, the gift of prayer, the gift of faith. Think about Jonathan Feltz, maybe Lisa Goins, the gift of evangelism. I think about my best friend Robert, gift of pastor, gift of teacher. You can see these gifts. You can see a lot of people that maybe some of them are obvious. Maybe some of them aren't obvious. Maybe you've never thought about what your spiritual gift is or how you can use it. But each one of you has been given a spiritual gift. Each one of you have been given something. When you came to know Jesus Christ as your Savior, you were given a gift. Now, the key passages for spiritual gifts are 1 Corinthians 12, Romans 12, Ephesians 4, and 1 Peter 4. Those are the main passages that people go to, and we'll look at some of those a little bit here in a minute. Um, but those are the ones that kind of lift, list out the different gifts that have been given. But the couple of verses that jump out to me in these first four through verses four through eleven are First Corinthians chapter twelve verse seven. It says, "To each person, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the benefit of all." So, what does this tell us? This tell us tells us that each person has been given a gift, and not only have they been given a gift, they've been given a gift for the purpose of what? For the benefit of all. For the benefit of the body of Christ. If you look in verse 4, it says, Now there are different gifts, but the same Spirit. Verse 5 says, There are different ministries, but the same Lord. And then it says in verse 6, And there are different results, but the same God who produces all of them in everyone. There's a constant there, right? It's God. God has given each one of us a gift. But... They're different gifts. But what is it? It's the same Spirit. Right? We've been all given different ministries within our body or within outside our body. We've been given different ministries, but it's the same Lord. And there's different results. But it's the same God who produces all of them in everyone. We see a great picture of the Trinity here, do we not? We see the Spirit, we see the Son, and we see the Father in the distribution of gifts, the distribution of ministries. You each have a gift. You need to know what that gift is. You need to use that gift for the building up of the body of believers. If you're not using that gift, our body is suffering because of it. Remember, we've been given a changed life. Jesus Christ came down to earth to change us through the gospel. He has given us life. He's given us abundantly. But not only has He given us life, He has given us an incredible gift, a spiritual gift that we need to use. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 11 says this. It says, It is one and the same Spirit distributing as He decides to each person who produces all these things. Did you hear the main section there? As He decides. So what comes of the fact that of knowing that Jesus Christ or the Spirit is the one that gives each of us our spiritual gift? Well, the first thing is, is that it provides peace, right? You have the gift that you're supposed to have. 
There's real peace in that, knowing that we're not choosing the gifts, but that God has given us the gift we are to have. There is peace in knowing that, that we are who God has created us to be. He's given us the gift that we are supposed to have. I know for me, a lot of times, I get caught up and I look around and I see Robert, for example, right? Robert, I really feel, has the gift of pastor. Like, he can come alongside someone and he can get to know someone in five minutes. And he's very loving. He's very outgoing. His face is inviting. For me, it could take me two years to get to know someone. Because I'm more introverted. I'm more shy. I don't have the gift that Robert has. And a lot of times, maybe I find myself bothered by that. Or getting upset at that. Or being maybe a little tinge of jealous about because of that. But you know what? God has created me and given me the gift that I'm supposed to have. And he's given Robert and Dan and Al the gifts that they're supposed to have. And we can work together and utilize those together as a body. That's the beauty of it. There's peace in that. That we are who God has created us to be. The second thing it says is that if God has given us a special gift and He's entrusted that gift to us, don't bury it. So often, one, we may not know what our gift is, or if we do know what our gift is, we're not using it. We're burying it. Remember the talents, the the story of the talents, where one was given ten, one was given five, and one was given one. The ten went and produced ten, the five went and produced, the one went and buried it. What happened? That talent was given to the guy who produced a lot. You've been given a gift by God specifically for you. Don't bury it. Jealousy and pride should not be involved. We need to boast in the Lord. If you think about the Corinthian church, they had it backwards, right? They were all concerned about the gifts of tongues and they were concerned about the gift of miracles and all these magnificent outgoing gifts. But Paul had to put them in their place. It wasn't about that. It was about Christ. It was about the building up of His body. It was about the gifts that He had specifically given. And it says to seek the higher gifts. I read a quote and it says this, Envy and jealousy will be struck a fatal blow when the believer realizes or recognizes his personal gift and accepts it from the Lord. Do you hear that? Envy and jealousy will be struck a fatal blow when the believer recognizes his personal gift and accepts it as from the Lord. Everyone here has a gift, a spiritual gift. Do you know what that gift is? The Bible is pretty clear about what some of those gifts are. And are you using it? The fourth thing that kind of jumps out to me is inadequacy will vanish. A lot of times we think, I'm incapable or I am inadequate to do that. You know what? It's not about you. The Spirit of God lives within you. He's given you a gift and He gives you the strength to do it. And He gives you the strength to serve Him and to serve the body because He lives within you. We don't have to look at our own inadequacies because that's looking at us. It's not looking at God and what God can do. Remember, it's not about us. It is about Him and His glory. I think it was John the Baptist said, may he increase and may I decrease. When we use our gifts, we are showing the adequacy of Christ. Because in and ourselves, we will fail. We will. But Christ will give us success. Because it is his spirit living within us. 
Romans 12, 6-8 says this, And we have different gifts according to the grace given to us. If the gift is prophecy, that individual must use it in proportion to his faith. If it is service, he must serve. If it is teaching, he must teach. If it is exhortation, he must exhort. If it is contributing or giving, he must do so with sincerity. If it is leadership, he must do so with diligence. If it is showing mercy, he must do so with cheerfulness. Did you hear the repeated phrase over there? He must use. If you're not using your gift, our body is hurting because of it. And you're not honoring God with the gift that He has given you to to use. Over and over in that passage, He uses that phrase, We must use. In Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 12, it says this, "It It was He who gave some as apostles, some as prophets, some as evangelists, some as pastors and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry. That is, to build up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, a mature person attaining to the measure of Christ's full stature. It says there in the middle, to build up the body of Christ. If you're not using your gift, you're not building up the body of Christ. You're not doing as God has asked you to do. 1 Peter 4, 10 and 11 says this, Just as each one has received a gift, use it, to serve one another as good stewards of the varied grace of God. Whoever speaks, let it be with God's words. Whoever serves, do so with the strength that God supplies, so that in everything, God will be glorified through Jesus Christ. To Him belong the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Each one of us, it says, has received a gift. Use it to serve one another. Be a good steward of the gift that you've been given. And then it talks about later on, what's the whole goal? So that in everything, God will be glorified through Jesus Christ. We have an opportunity as a body to use the gifts that God has given us to glorify our great God. And if we're not using those gifts, we're not glorifying Him. And we're not building up and serving the body of believers. So think about that. Think about that in your own life. Do you know what your spiritual gift is? If not, how do you get to know what your spiritual gift is? Now my goal is not to go into that whole thing, but you can pray. You can ask people around you what they see maybe your spiritual gift is. You can get into the Word and look through the spiritual gifts. There are lots of ways and means that you can find out what your spiritual gift is. But we as the body need your spiritual gift because you are here for a reason. You have been placed in this body. You have been given a special gift. We need that. We need you to use it. So not only have we been given a changed life, not only have we been given a special gift, but we have been given a new family. Now, I want to read something on... I guess it was Thursday. My son Andrew is the first year playing tackle football. And we were been given a, 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 a whatever this is called, a playbook. <laughs> I'm, I, uh, I've never played football in my life. I love it. 
I can watch it all day, but it's, it's interesting. It's just so different than other sports. There's so much to it. But on the front of this playbook, there's a phrase. And it says, the team comes first. We are all friends who have become teammates and are all working for the same reason, to have success while playing football. It takes a team effort. That means each player has to do his own assignment on every play for us to have success. No one can be selfish. The team comes first. Now, I find that pretty interesting. Now, this is, comes from someone who doesn't know the Lord, right? And we've all, or a lot of us have had kids maybe play sports, and there's incredible lessons that we can learn. You know, Andrew's learning position. He's learning teamwork. He's learning giftedness. You know, where he fits and what his giftedness is. He's learning lessons about encouragement and how to encourage your teammates. You know, as a father, one of the things I told him at one of the practices was the coach's son was getting reamed out and he was made to run extra laps. And I said, you know what, son? I said, I don't care if you're the best player on the team, but what would make me proud is if everyone else is standing in line, there's one guy running, you get out there and you run with them and finish with them. You learn encouragement. You learn about coming alongside a teammate. You learn about excitement, right? It's exciting to win. You also learn about pain and hard work. Now, these are incredible lessons that my son is learning from football. They're good lessons. They're life lessons. But what if he learned those same lessons from the body of Christ? What if he were to look around and say, Hey, I really see a family here. I really see a team. I'm learning what it means to use my gift, my position, what God has granted me. I'm really learning here about how to encourage my brothers and sisters in Christ. I'm learning here about the excitement of success and the fact that, you know what, sometimes there are real difficult times that I need to come alongside and bear someone's burden or someone needs to come alongside and bear my burden. We should be learning these things from the body of Christ. My sons, your daughters, we should all be seeing these things lived out and played out in the body of Christ. I really feel like the body of Christ should be the most dynamic organism on earth. Should it not? It should be dynamic. It should be living and alive. They should see giftedness and how it all works together as a family, as a body. It's pretty awesome if you were to think about it. Now, I was going to call some of these guys down. I thought about calling Ross. thought about calling maybe Sam Johnson, maybe Nathan Dula. I also thought about doing kind of a potluck and just having everyone stand up and mix and mingle and sit by someone you've never sat with before. I really wanted to do that, but my wife was like, yeah, that might be probably a little uncomfortable for some people. But but the reason I wanted to do that was we need one another, do we not? I mean, when I think about Ross, when I think about Nathan Dula, you guys need these guys. Why? Because their life has been changed. They've been given a special gift, and they're a part of this family. My dad and I have talked for years about the generational stuff in churches and how there's just this big gap. We have to figure out as a body how to work together 
It has to be able to be done because we have the Spirit of God. Young and old should be able to work together. The young need the wisdom of the old. And the old need the vitality and life of the youth. We are a body. 1 Corinthians 12 is very clear that we are a body. And that we need one another. If we were to read, I want to read um, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting in verse 12, and I want to go through 27. And I want you just to listen and read along and think about this. For just as the body is one, and yet has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so too is Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jew or Greeks or slaves or free, we were all made to drink of the one spirit. For in fact, the body is not a single member, but many. If the foot says, since I'm not a hand, I'm not part of the body, it does not lose its membership in the body because of that. And if the ear says, since I'm not an eye, I'm not part of the body, it does not lose its membership in the body because of that. If the whole body were an eye, what part would do the hearing? If the whole body were an ear, what part would exercise the sense of smell? But as a matter of fact, God has placed each of the members in the body just as He decided. Did you hear that? But as a matter of fact, God has placed each of the members in the body just as He decided. If they were all the same member, where would the body be? So now there are many members but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, Hey, I don't need you. Nor in turn can the, can the head say to the foot, I don't need you. On the contrary, those members that seem to be weaker are essential. And those members we consider less honorable, we clothe with greater honor. And our unpresentable members are clothed with dignity. But our presentable members do not need this. Instead, God has blended together the body, giving greater honor to the lesser member. So that there may be no division in the body, but the members may have mutual concern for one another. If one member suffers, everyone suffers with it. If a member is honored, all rejoice with it. Now you are Christ's body, and each of you is a member of it. That's a remarkable passage, and it's an encouraging passage. I grew up in a church that no longer exists. And a lot of it is because there wasn't consistency. A lot of it was because we had men maybe up at the pulpit that shouldn't have been up in the pulpit that didn't have the gift of teaching. Maybe it was more geared out of fear. You know, There's a lot of reasons why. But that church is no longer alive. It's dead. It's gone. And those members have scattered. And they're a part of other churches. I've seen churches in the town that I grew up, which was 80,000, it was a steel town, split over silly things because they couldn't figure it out. Because they couldn't get unified as a body and accept the gifts, maybe, that each one had. We are all a member of the body. The eye can't say to the hand, I don't need you. The ear can't say to the feet, I don't need you. We need one another. Remember? Our lives have been changed. It's not about us anymore. It's about Christ. We have been given a gift. It isn't about us anymore, but about Christ and His people. And we've been given a new family. We are a family, and each of you is vital to the success of this local church. Young and old, 
Each of you are essential to this body. Each person in this body has a role. Maybe it's an eye. Maybe it's an ear. Maybe it's feet. Maybe it's hands. Maybe it's a mouth. Whatever that role is, it's essential. It's vital. Verse 15 says, If the foot says, Since I'm not a hand, I'm not part of the body. It does not lose its membership in the body because of that. We don't need to compare ourselves with one another. Because, why? Because we are given a special gift and we're a part of that body. Verse 17 says, If the whole body were an eye, what part would do the hearing? If the whole were an ear, what part would exercise the sense of smell? I mean, look around the room. This is your family. We do life together. We should do life together. I need you guys in my life. You guys need one another in your lives. I remember Tom a few months ago speaking a message and he says, you know what, we're going to know who our true family is when the persecution starts coming and who's left sitting in these pews. Will you be left sitting in these pews because you love the people around you? Because they are essential to your life and you are essential to their life. We are a body. We are a family. It's an amazing thing. And it should be a dynamic, living organism that exudes life and life abundantly because of the life Christ has given to us. Verse 18, I'm going to reiterate that again. But as a matter of fact, God has placed each of the members in the body just as He decided. You are here in this body because God decided it. Pretty awesome. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. Nor in turn can the head say to the foot, I don't need you. On the contrary, those members that seem to be weaker are essential. Maybe you don't have the gift of teaching. Maybe it's hard for you to get up in the Sunday school to teach or to do some of those things. But you know what? It says here that you are essential to this body. You're gifted because God has given you a gift. Find a place where you can use that gift and encourage the body. Verse 25 says, so that there are many, so that there may be no division in the body. But the members may have mutual concern for one another. When I look at this, I see unity. We need to be unified as a body of believers. It's important, and I know Christ emphasized that a ton. Verse 26, if one member suffers, everyone suffers with it. If a member is honored, all rejoice with it. Romans 12, 15, and 16 says this, Rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep, live in harmony with one another, do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. There are people in this body that are carrying extraordinary burdens. We need to come alongside and to bear those burdens with them and to weep with them. There are people in this body that have found great success. We need to come alongside and laugh and enjoy and come alongside them with great exuberance and encourage them. Now you are Christ's body and each of you is a member of it. So, in closing, I've got some challenges and some charges. And I've got to be honest with you. I mean, you guys may not get anything out of this, but I know for me this has been very challenging. And it's been very convicting. Because I know a lot of times there's jealousy that goes in my life when I look around and I see people being effective in their ministry. And I need to lay that aside. Because God has uniquely crafted and given me a gift that I need to use to encourage you as a body. There's people in this room that I don't know. 
And I've been here for 16 years. That's sad. And that's wrong. Because you are my family. You are my body. So here are some of the charges. How is your walk with the Lord? If you're not walking with the Lord and growing in your walk with Jesus, the body is hurting because of that. It affects the body. Just like Andrew's football team, if he's not giving his all out there on the field in practice, he's hurting his football team. If you're not giving your all in your walk with Christ, the body is suffering because of that. Plain and simple. You're not pulling and being a part of the team. Family. So I challenge you with that. And I've challenged myself with that. Secondly, do you know what your spiritual gift is? If so, are you using it? If not, what steps do you need to take to discover what your spiritual gift is? There's lots of things you can do to discover what your spiritual gift is. I would suggest the first is to get into the Word of God and to pray. And ask God to guide and direct you and show you what your spiritual gift is. After that, you can read books, you can ask people around you, but I think first and foremost you need to get into the Word of God and pray. And I promise you, He will reveal what your spiritual gift is. And secondly, once you figure out what your spiritual gift is, you need to use it. And you need to get better at it and strengthen it. Just like T-ball was chaotic, right? But as time grows on, they're going to figure out the game of baseball. And it's not going to be running after their own hit. It's not going to be running to third base. They're going to be running to first base. They're going to be tagging, you know, going to second. You know, you've obviously got the one kid in T-ball that knows what he's doing, and he's, like, dominating, you know. But, but, but in this, as you grow mature in your gift... It's, it's a good thing. Is there sin in your life? Number three. That might be causing you to not be effective in your ministry or be effective in using your gift. Ask yourself that question. Is there sin in my life that's causing me to not be effective and to not be an encourager and a builder up of the body of Christ? Plain and simple. I can't answer that for you, but you can answer it for yourself and that be, that's between you and God. Are there things that you need to give up in order to help the team? Kind of goes along with number three. Maybe there's things that have kind of taken place of your time with the Lord or have taken place of your time, maybe spending time with the body and really encouraging the body of believers. There are needs, number five, there are needs in our body where you can be used. Plain and simple. I mean, over the past year, there's been announcement in the bulletin for Sunday school teachers. That might be a place where you can use your gift. I promise you, four-year-olds, five-year-olds, six-year-olds, ten-year-olds, I mean, yeah, they they move around a lot, but you can use your gift and encourage them because they're part of the body of Christ too. And they need you. You've also got ministry groups that are great opportunities to use your gifts in. If you're not involved in a ministry group, Why? If you're not using your gift, maybe in the ministry group to encourage someone, you need to consider that. I'm sure there's a lot of people that need prayer. Maybe your gift is prayer. 
Maybe start asking around and coming and praying with people. There are ministries in the body, there are needs in our body that you can help. Maybe your gift is serving and helps. I know that there's a lot of people in this body that maybe do things behind the scenes that I have never seen, nor will I ever see. That's okay. But you can use that gift in big ways. Because we need that in our body. I can't tell you how many times Greg Watson has come and asked me, Hey, what can I do for you? How can I help you? That, to me, is an incredible gift that he offers. And it's not just me. It's a lot of these young men. Jakin, Dan, Robert, you name it. Arian. I mean, your families. He's someone that is asking. You can do the same thing. There are people with those needs. Number six, it must be taken outside the walls of this building. All right? We are a family. We ought to be doing life together as a family. Asking how someone is doing on a Sunday morning is great, but picking up the phone on a Tuesday and calling someone and asking them how they're doing, that is even more. Because it's not easy. It's not right there in front of you. It takes effort. We need to take it outside the walls. We've all got homes that we live in. We need to be having people in this body over to our homes interacting with them on a weekly basis. There's people in here that we don't know. Maybe we need to call them and say, hey, I don't know you very well, but I want to hear your story. I want to be a part of your life. And I need you. You need me. Let's get together, have people over for dinner. It's a great way. The dinner table is a fantastic thing that God has given us, and it can be used in a powerful way. So think about that. It has to be taken outside the walls of this building. If we want to grow as a body be effective as a body, find success as a church, we must realize that it's all because of Christ that we are even here right now. Life is about Him and His glory, not our own. We have been given a special gift which was granted to us by the Holy Spirit. We must use it. And our role is vital to the working of the body of Christ. We've been given a changed life, a special gift, and a new family. Our God is amazing, is He not? He has poured His mercy, His grace upon us, people that do not deserve it. It's pretty awesome that we've got people around us that have experienced the same thing, have the same God. It's it's amazing. So I challenge you. That is my challenge, and that is my charge for us today. So let's close in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the salvation that you've given each one of us. I thank you that you've changed our lives. And that is not about us anymore, but it's about you. I thank you for my brothers and sisters in this room, my family. I thank you for their gifts. Thank you for their abilities that you've bestowed upon them. I pray, Lord, for us as a body that we would be unified. That we would push one another towards love and good deeds that we would encourage each other to use our gifts to build up one another, to come alongside one another, to weep with those who are weeping and to rejoice with those who are rejoicing. Lord, help our body to be a pillar in our neighborhood. Help our body to really exude the love of Christ. Help people when they see CBC say, 
wow, that's a well-oiled machine. They love one another. Lord, I'm reminded of that verse. They will know you are believers by the love that you have for one another. And I pray, Lord, that people, when they see our body, they would say, these guys are Christians because they show what love is and they want to honor you. Lord, we give you all the glory and praise and we ask and pray that you would encourage our hearts uh, as we leave now. In your name.